This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, and welcome back to The K-Hole. I'm Merit Kay, and joining me this week is internet historian and metal guitarist, Justin Wang. Hey, what's going on? Hey, not much. How are you? I'm doing good. It's always, for a second, I always get a little, like, nervous when someone introduces me as an internet historian because there's another guy, internet historian. There is the guy whose actual name is that, yeah. Yeah. He makes good stuff, too, but I'm the one that's here right now, so what's going on? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, I, I forget when I first started watching your channel. It was like a few years ago, probably. But um, yeah. just like I feel like that's become like a genre of of YouTube channel now, right? Of like, oh yeah, for people sure. who dive into this like this weird stuff, like either lost media or like just kind of like odd like phenomena. So like, how did you? I'm kind of I'm kind of curious, like how you got started like online. Like, what was your first sort of, like, internet um, culture or community? My first internet experience at all. Um, So, actually, it's funny because this winds up, like, looping around to a video I want to make, but it's really hard to make. But the very first thing I did on on the internet was I opened up America. I opened up the keyword WWF on America Online. Uh Uh-huh went to a chat room and the first thing i saw was there's this person in the chat room called host something or other and they're like oh no scrolling don't do this don't do that so i'm like this person fucking sucks (laughs) so i'm like i'm like press one if host is a bitch and what i didn't realize is that hosts on AOL were like the chat room mod so i just the first within minutes of me having the internet just got kicked off oh my god i I thought i was like fully banned forever like right right yeah no more internet yeah yeah but then i I wound up getting back on and i would say i guess the first community that i wound up being a part of was antagonist inc which was aol's video game webs or one of the video game websites Mm. keywords on aol keywords right yeah yeah it was um thinking back to it it was basically just a bunch of children giving free labor to this company because the way it was structured it was like uh it it was kind of an army type thing where everyone Mm -hmm. gets their rank and you build up your rank by making content for them like reviews and uh, opinion pieces and shit like that so basically they crowdsourced a bunch of 12 year olds to make articles for them that that was like what i dedicated that portion (laughs) of my life to i mean that's kind of like not too different from like wikia and stuff today i feel like i i guess yeah you still happens right yeah you are right about that the even down to down to the uh 
interpersonal conflicts and stuff. Like, lately, I've been enjoying going to like um, wiki talk pages mm-hmm. and seeing the uh, the debates about what should and should not be included in an article. The Goatsy one is good for that. Oh my god. Okay, yeah. Wiki talk pages are like I always find myself there when I'm up really late, um, and maybe I've just like smoked some weed or something, and I just fall into this hole of like either weird Wikipedia articles or the talk pages. And like, uh-huh. what's really interesting to me about those is like the internet today is just basically like, like it's like a dozen websites for most people, right? Like even fewer yeah, than that. But like, there's all this stuff going on that most people never see. And like a lot of that is like in these like weird like spaces, like wiki talk pages. And I feel like that's what mm-hmm. like a lot of your channel is about. Like, how did you, how did you start doing this, this stuff of like, doing this archaeology of like uncovering these weird little like nuggets of interesting gold um so, i mean when i started my youtube channel i honestly like the first few videos you can see this in the you go to my channel like the, go to like the, if you sort by like the old videos mm-hmm. first few videos is just like let's play videos of old nes games but then right. gradually i want to do more topical stuff so part of it was i was just thinking like oh this is like a weird story that I remembered or something like the first very first video I think was the My Little Pony cum jar video. Oh my god! And yeah, so I was like, oh, it's just a funny story I could talk about. Like I originally envisioned the series almost as like more reaction type content, mm. like you know, like you know, like reacting to like, like it's just gonna be like, oh, it's a funny thing to look at, right? To then later on being like, oh, I want to, I would I would come up with a few and wonder like, oh, I wonder what happened to this guy or or what turned out from this thing people were upset about or some shit like that. And then that's kind of how it went to like a more in-depth series. That's funny because those are all kind of like eras of YouTube as well. I mean, all those things still exist, obviously, but like yeah. I feel like Let's Plays, some like the first YouTube early adopters were like um, were like goons and like people from from Chen boards doing Let's Plays. And then you had like reaction videos. Um, which I think someone tried to like copyright recently the concept of a reaction video. Oh yeah, it was. Um, this was a few years ago. The uh, the Fine Brothers. Yeah, oh tried to copyright. They not only did they try to copyright reacts, but they tried to do a franchise thing where if you want to make a reaction video, you can pay the Fine Brothers for a license <laughs> to make a reaction video. And it's like, get the fuck out of here, you fucking bums. That's deranged. Whoa. Yeah, that's like, oh my god. And it's then they made this teary-eyed apology video. Ugh. Yeah, like it's it's a concept that's been around for time immemorial. There's there's VHS tapes around of people looking at shit and fucking reacting. I mean, Mystery Science Theater 2000. What right. is it? It's essentially a reaction series. Absolutely, yeah. Um, a lot of that stuff has been going on forever. Um, and it's it's so weird to see people try to like claim that they invented it or that like it's mm-hmm. um. It's new. And I think that's something that's really cool about channels that are and people that are doing this work of digging to find stuff, because it shows you that, like, actually, no, a lot of this stuff predates the Internet. Like people have always been really weird. People have always been doing weird shit. It's just that now we have like it's easier to document it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I I saw someone say the other day that Chris Chan might be the most documented human in human history. (laughs) And it's 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 very it's, it's possible. It's a joke, but it's extremely likely. It's possible, yeah. And that's something I I like think about sometimes because, you know, like when I was growing up, the internet was like forums and the palace, like visual chats, uh, mm-hmm. and like muds and things like that. And um, I didn't get on Facebook until I was in college. I didn't get on 
Twitter until I was out of college. And like, you could be a weirdo online back in those days and like, oh, yeah. And not like that wouldn't follow you. Right. Like, you could be a weirdo on like a DDR forum and you weren't necessarily using the same name there that you were on, I don't know, like, you know, an MST3K discussion board or something. Mm-hmm. But like now, it- that's not really the case anymore, I feel like. No, not at all. That's, that's actually one of the things that doing what I do, it, it, I mean, for the people who are around making asses of ourselves back then, in some ways, that's a, a blessing. But yeah. for me, who like wants to like make videos about old internet shit, some, it's like one of the biggest difficulties I have. Because mm. um, uh, as I had alluded to before, part of why it's so difficult for me to make an antagonist Nick video like every we have the internet archive for regular websites but aol is not archived like what exists of it is if it's still around it's on a hard drive on some guys like old hard drive um which actually one of the guys from antagonist think i remember popped up on facebook at some point said he might have like some old art files around there some shit what the fuck oh you just got that emergency alert too huh yeah Yeah, we're both over here so we just both got that shit yep uh, so I, I hope that I hope that this doesn't cut out while we're recording. Uh, if it does, it's because of the heat wave. Um, but sorry, yeah, you were talking about yeah. all these parts oh, of the wait, internet. Was that that, like, I need to look. Oh yeah, yeah, it's, it's for the. It's, 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 it says please don't use too much electricity. Please don't record podcasts right uh, now. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Caution. It's it's really hot today. In case you guys haven't noticed. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of good stuff that I would love to dig up from those days, but yeah. it, it does. It's not archived the way regular internet stuff is nor are a big majority of forums right anyone that was behind a fucking login is gone forever yeah like all the the forum stuff you know i was someone who played on a lot of muds um and all Mm -hmm. those are just totally gone like i mean there's still some that are still running but like most of them were just spun up by someone who had a server and um there's no history there's no like trace that they ever existed which i think is really weird for people like you know in their 30s or so who had these like really formative experiences when they were younger online and those spaces just like don't exist and there's no evidence that they ever existed a site called the dilly i don't know i don't know if i do the dilly was a social media site it came out very slightly before myspace like maybe like a year before myspace i want to say and it was getting very it it was doing very well for the time it was probably at, at a certain point it probably was the most popular social media site which um I mean, at that period of time, didn't mean all that much. Right. But, but you know, before we had like find the pics, which I also it's hard to find anything about find the pics or um, mm-hmm. or those kinds of sites. But the Dilly, I was thinking, man, it might be fun to make a video about the Dilly. And aside from the Internet Archive snapshots of that website, the only information I could find out about it is that they they were sued by MySpace for promoting themselves <laughs> a certain way on their on that. That's it. 
That's wow. that. Like, I, you can't, I couldn't even find the fucking lawsuit. It was just yeah. this site had been like memory hold. Right. That's yeah. That's so. I mean, there's so much of that stuff, right? Because like no one was really taking any of this stuff seriously. Um, and then there's you know there's stuff where sites got shut down, but then there's also just like link rot and like people didn't really think that it would be important to like to catalog any of this stuff. So it's really hard for people now who are trying to dig through all this stuff. Um, it's, oh, it's the flash like, sites too. That's the only one. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, That's, I was so excited to see that there were a few projects recently that were basically like um, bundling together like tons of flash games and then just like uh -huh. releasing them with this wrapper that you could play them in. And then Newgrounds also did its own yeah, they have thing, their own. I think. Yeah. Yeah. See, like Flash was amazing for the games and oh like, kind of like yeah. the subcultures that grew up around that. At the same time, there was this trend in web design that I fucking despised. <laughs> it was um, it. I, I remember specifically because at the time, like I could get by with my bullshit HTML skills to kind of mm -hmm. open up Notepad and make someone a, a like a very simple website. Yeah, yeah. But then it became like, oh, like, if you want to be professional, you got to have a Flash website. Got to have Shockwave. It, yeah. Yeah, an entire fucking entire fucking website like that. And I, first off, I like I thought they always like looked bad half the time. They were broken. Um, and now because because, uh, you know, it, it's a flash file and every there's like no text or anything on the site that's saved. Yeah. A lot of the times I'll be looking for a website that was of that time period, like kind of like. Yeah, like, like early, maybe maybe like 2002, 2003-ish. And a lot of those will just, the, ar the Internet Archive will have an archive of the page, but it's just a broken Shockwave file, so you can't look into the website. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, that happened with um one of the Icy Hot Stuntas websites, I think. Oh, really? Yeah, it was, um. So there's one guy from the Icy Hot Stuntas. I'm assuming you don't, you know the Icy Hot Stuntas. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah. They want there's one guy that's still active. It's like a Christian rapper. Okay. And he had his website. And if you were to go far back enough in the archives of his current website, mm -hmm. you find the connections to the Icy Hot Stuntas wow. and the uh, and like law, like music that doesn't seem to be around anymore and shit like that. But a, a large period of that is behind a, a, a now non-existent flash site. Ah, oh, damn. Damn. I, I, even call, I called it back in the day. Flash flash websites were a terrible idea. I mean, yeah, even back then they were. It was it was weird because I feel like that was one of the first steps of the Internet being like less about people just making their own personal sites and stuff and towards like it mm -hmm. being more professional. Because like at a certain point, most like professional websites were like didn't look that different from like the things people were throwing up on GeoCities and stuff. Um, oh, no, absolutely not. And then it became like this whole other thing of like flash and like these big expensive projects for designers to do. Um, and it, there's this huge gap. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I will give it credit for, though, flash websites, I feel, did play a major part in what we, what we refer to now as Y2K aesthetic. That's true. Flash yeah. sites are absolutely like a big part of shaping that. But was it was it worth it? Right. Right. Have you um, have you ever played around with things like NeoCities? Do you know about that? I, I've heard of NeoCities. I never really like used it or anything. Oh, NeoCities is the, they just brought back GeoCities. They just brought back right? GeoCities. Yeah. Basically. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Like, it's cool to see people doing stuff like that. And I guess, you know, things like, like, I bet in like 20 years, there'll be kids 
um, who will be like, oh, do you remember this Discord server <laughs> like that we were on and like all this stuff? Oh, yeah, we, totally. we can't find it anymore. Um, and it's like, it's kind of the same, but it's also different because Discord, you know, it's like a platform that's owned by uh, a company and it's not just like some HTML thing you threw up somewhere. Um, and yeah, and, and once I like, I don't use Discord that much. Once a server is nuked, it's just like a gone, gone forever, right? Right, yeah, I think yeah. it's gone. Um, so that'll be even harder. Yeah, that probably means that the most interesting stuff is already gone. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, there are people who are like, yeah, there, there are people who are, are really interested in like, in digging up this kind of stuff. And sometimes I hear about certain discord servers and I'm just like, wow, that sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> like, it sounds like some really bad shit is happening on That's discord. That's like every discord server I ever hear about. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, you only hear about the bad ones, right? Because the good ones, everyone's just chilling, playing call of duty or whatever, but like, yeah. What's what's funny is I just received word yesterday. That apparently, so there is um one of the stories I covered was the most mysterious song on the internet, mm-hmm. and a big part of that search was the Discord server for it. Which, like I, like I said, I don't really use Discord that much, so everything I would hear about it would be from like mods just messaging me on Instagram or Twitter, to, like keeping me updated if something interesting is happening. And now apparently, there's like some kind of civil war going on in the Discord. And people are claiming that I am on like this and that person's side. <laughs> I'm like, dog, like I like I have no I'm not any on anybody's side here because I have no idea what you the fuck know is who going these on. People are. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is like like I, I don't know. Like, I just somebody some I got a few messages like telling me like this is what's going on. I'm like, all right, cool. Keep me posted. Um, and now I'm on people. I'm hearing I'm on people's sides and shit. And I'm like, what the fuck? That's so and, like weird. you guys know I don't I I open up Discord app like maybe like <laughs> once every few months. Right. That's weird though. I mean, that's like, you know, you're you're like studying this stuff and then you're getting pulled into it almost. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird when that like that doesn't usually happen. Sometimes I get afraid that that's going to happen and it yeah. doesn't happen. But like usually usually those times it's like when I cover like weirdos. Not with not with the lost media stuff, you know? Right. You don't really yeah. expect that. Yeah. So like the weirdos thing like is really interesting to me because there are some people online who like I would say have like cult followings in this way of like it's a very like weird relationship that they're like quote unquote fans have to them because sometimes they can be very protective of these people but then Uh also it's kind of like you know the family stuff of like no one's allowed to like make fun of this person except you know uh relatives or whatever and like I, I think about this sometimes when I, I, I see channels that like, you know, they'll have one video that's about like a famous cult leader who is now dead and had like thousands of followers and worshipers and, you know, was uh-huh. super rich. And then next to that, they have a video about some weirdo online. And yeah. I'm like, I kind of wonder sometimes, like, do you think there is like a dark side to this stuff? Like, are people getting some kind of like perverse enjoyment from it? Or like, do, do you think people can fall into like a dark place with with the kind of that kind of content um it it, i i will say i with that type of content sometimes when like you focus there's there's levels of it when you make a video Mm. it's like focused on like oh like here's a guy that's like done some like shit online like let's go through like the litany of things right there's some people who will take it as an interesting story Mm -hmm. and it's like okay this is what's happening and then there are there are some people who will dedicate their entire lives to that individual to the point where they they the person who becomes obsessed with the person 
becomes the weirdo themselves all of a sudden. Right. Like, it's it's almost like some kind of uh, I for, I forgot the fucking I don't know the word I'm looking for, but I feel like you you get what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Like I I feel like I've seen that happen around a few different people. Um, like you know someone like Terry Davis developed this this weird cult following, and the, those people kind of yeah it sort of grew beyond him. I mean, and he's no longer alive, and I feel like there is still this like following around him. Um, and sometimes it is kind of like positive and encouraging. Like you brought up Chris Chan earlier and, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've read a lot about Chris Chan and like there, there have been whole sagas where people outside of like that fan group or whatever you want to call it have been like messing with this person. And then the people yeah. who are like obsessively documenting them, uh, are like trying to trying to protect them and it's like a really weird kind of relationship that's not yeah. like a relationship to a celebrity because this person isn't a celebrity to like anyone except a few like a few thousand people online right yeah well i mean christian is where the term a locking comes from right right yeah because you had you had that you had the guy that was just fucking Get, getting a little too fucking crazy with Christian, and then it's like, no, you're you're a fucking problem. Right? Yeah. There's like a point where, and I guess it's different for everyone, but like, there's a point where people are like, okay, you've crossed a line at this point. You've gotten too invested in this, and like by doing that, you have become the same kind of person that you are like upset about. Yeah, exactly. Like you become, you become the lol cow. So I wanted to ask you too about um, about music because like I don't, so I'm not a big metal person, but mm-hmm. you know, I was alive in the 2000s. I was a teen. So I was yeah. listening to new metal, like everyone who was online. Yeah. And like, <laughs> why, like, I'm curious, like, why do you think new metal had such a moment in like the Y2K era? I've heard a bunch of different answers, but like. Yeah. You saw in some like serious new metal discourse. I know. I know. People on, got on so Twitter mad. yesterday. <laughs> Yeah, that I got sucked into the same fucking discourse weeks ago. Because here's the funny thing about new metal: every band that was a new metal band claims that at least like a lot of the bands that that were definitely new metal bands claim to not be new metal bands, mm-hmm. and it's because at this point now the in a lot of ways new metal for a certain period of time the word got used to just b- describe oh metal it, describe metal that I don't like right yeah after a while. Like, like one of the examples that came up was Corn. At mm-hmm. Corn, when you say the word new metal, the first band that comes to mind is Corn. But Corn claims to not be a new metal band. As when I hear that, I'm like, do you really believe this, Jonathan Davis, or <laughs> or is this like just a thing you're saying because like you 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 understand that calling yourself new metal is bad for your brand. Slipknot also is claims to not be new metal, and I'm like, that's the other band I would think. <laughs> right, of. those are the two big ones. Yeah, yeah, it's like Slipknot, Corn, Limp Bizkit. 
Mm-hmm. Limp Bizkit, I don't know what their opinion on being called new metal is. I haven't heard one, which makes me think that they may be the only band of, of that era that's realistic about it. Mm-hmm. I saw someone mention System of a Down as well, and that's a funny, that's a funny band in there because I I listened to the first when I would listen to the first System of a Down album, I would one hundred percent lump them in with new metal. Like they right. might not have had like the rap in there. But as a guitar player, the type of riffing that you hear in that album, to me, is 100% new metal. Yeah. And, and they were a part of that wave. I mean, they've definitely evolved past that. As uh, The same could be argued for Slipknot, although I would still call them a new metal band. Uh, I mean, Korn definitely did not. Uh, they're just... They're, they're just that, Jonathan yeah. Did, yeah, they're, they're just... They're new metal. If, like, if, if, if new metal exists on planet Earth <laughs> as a concept, Korn is new metal. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's funny, like, that term became, like, this this yoke that people wanted to get away from. And mm-hmm. to me, it's, like, so associated with the, with the early 2000s internet and, like, a lot of the reason why people, like, I think look down on it now. I mean, you could talk about the quality of the music and, like, if it's not really real metal or whatever. But, like, there is, it's kind of like what we would call cringe now, right? Like, to me... Yeah thinking about the stuff that like my friends and I liked when I, you know, in around the year 2000, it was like, okay, yeah, show me a corn uh, AMV of trunks from Dragon Ball um, or show me a Linkin Park AMV or something. And like, it was this kind of like really earnest culture that I feel like kind of got replaced with like irony culture right online like online used to be just this very different weird place where people were just like very like yeah like i am crawling in my skin these wounds will not heal and now it's like if you say that people will assume you're you're joking right yeah (laughs) i feel like that's a good assessment actually about why new metal at that point in time went from being the shit to being oh this is like a thing we gotta distance ourselves from Mm. because it is like it might be like the last very the last like really earnest thing that was like the popular thing yeah it's like this painfully teen kind of thing and then yeah and then we just like like completely went into everything must be irony now until like for like the last like decade two decades yeah yeah it's like the worst thing you can be online now is cringe right um and like being yeah and like all that stuff like new metal is like very cringe but at the same time there's like this people are like i think recovering like y2k aesthetics right like and that's been going on for a while like vaporwave obviously was part of that um but i've seen people now who are like in their early 20s and are like Uh oh yeah the 2000s that was like the best man i'm like you were barely alive like what do you think yeah, the 2000s yeah. it's were? So, it's so weird to see people being that way about the 2000s, but I mean, that's the march of time. Right, right. Uh, it's funny, too, because I do see even like, so I play in a band. Mm-hmm. I play in a new metal band that like calls itself a new metal band. It's, it's To me, that's just a, an easy way to get the description of what it is across. Mm-hmm. And it's... It's more convenient to me. People are like, oh, no, new metal. It's, it's cringe, like, whatever the fuck. It's it's easy to me. But it, along with that, I will see there are younger people, like, rediscovering some of those old bands. 
I, I mean, I do like, I mean, Slipknot is still around, but I'll now I'll see like people like uh, find the first Slipknot self-titled mm-hmm. and be like, oh shit. Or, or the early corn stuff for that matter. Like there is, a, there is a renewed interest in that, perhaps not to the extent of the other aspects of Y2K aesthetics, but it's out there. Yeah. It's always cool and like kind of weird to see that. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. There was um I so I did the series Angel Fire Adventures. I have I haven't done one in a while, but one of the last ones that I did was I had seen this like the the the, the um the point of the series was I would just kind of like go through old websites in a mm-hmm. more casual fashion than the usual videos I do. But I had seen this drawing that used to be fucking everywhere by this artist. I think his name was Rob Coria. And it was just a drawing of Fred Durst crucified and all the members of Slipknot attacking him with weapons. And it just it put me back to that period of fucking time when well, just like those those fucking new metal fucking websites, the fucking whole Slipknot versus Fred Durst shit uh-huh. and how fucking ubiquitous that was online at that period in time. I'm seeing this. I just brought up this picture and I, I definitely remember seeing this, too. Yeah. Like if like it's it just opens up a portal to that period of time <laughs> that fucking drawing yeah it, and like I feel like that influence came through in like weird ways too like I was um I used this this visual chat program called the Palace a lot and Corn mm-hmm. um had their own like Palace room and so like or like their own server or whatever and so. Do you remember like the dolls avatars from like the 2000s? Like the, the kind oh, of like dress yeah. up pixel art? Like, absolutely. Those were everywhere. But then also like corn style avatars were like everywhere. And even if you like didn't really listen to corn or Slipknot or anything, like uh-huh. just like using like those aesthetics was just like really cool at the time. Yeah. I think I know the the corn style dolls you're talking about too. Yeah. I see those all over the place. Actually, funny thing, I speaking of Corn's online presence, one of the forums I used to use a lot back in the day. I've actually I tried to like look through it a bunch of times. I couldn't really like find anything archived from it. I think it might have been behind uh, a login, but the Corn forums were really good back in the day, and mm. it was funny too because like I had gotten into them around the time I was kind of like getting over new metal and getting more into like melodic death metal mm-hmm. and fucking uh, uh, like metal core and shit like that. And a lot of the board was like that. So corn had this message board then where it was populated largely by people who fucking hated corn. It was so fucking weird. And it wasn't even like it was, it wasn't even like they spent all day talking about oh, fuck Jonathan Davis and shit like that. It would be like, in addition to like like the personal just like conversations or whatever it would be people like oh like listen to this or that it's it's better it's actually how i learned about in flames the oh wow forums. yeah that's so strange like yeah like these these communities building up around like a th- something and then those people like just you know talking about something completely different or like communities building up around some people hating something together um but then sort of like losing interest and like just carrying on doing something else yeah i mean that does happen a decent amount actually yeah it still seems to Yeah. yeah for sure so like with the lost media stuff um because i think yeah. like most people who are like of a certain age have definitely spent 
at least one like sleepless night online, like desperately trying to remember the name of a childhood book or like a cartoon or something. Um, Mm -hmm. Why do you think that like resonates with people so much? Like why do people get so invested in like finding some anime that may never have existed or like some, you know, some song that they can't find the artist to like, what, what is it you think that like captures people's imagination about those things? I think, I think a big part of it is just there's this thing we do, I guess, where it's you kind of like you want to experience the nostalgia or something. Mm-hmm. So you'll go back and read all the details of this thing you remembered. Like there'll they'll be comics maybe that I haven't read comics in a very long time. But then I'll think about this character and I'll go to Wikipedia and look right. at everything that happens to this character or look back on like story arcs there, remembered or some shit like that. But then if you remember something that you just can't find, it's like you, you went in with this intention of getting these nostalgia feelings, but you're just being cock blocked. Yeah. And it becomes <laughs> like I I need I need the fucking I need the good feelings. Yeah, you've got I nostalgia blue balls. Yeah. Thing. Yeah, exactly. So once you have those good feelings denied, it gets more it gets more and more of to be an obsession that you just you just gotta you just gotta find it. And then if that thing potentially doesn't even exist, if you're remembering it wrong, forget about it. Oh, God. Yeah. That's the weirdest part, right? Is when when people have like, I mean, this gets into like Mandela effect stuff, but like, Mm -hmm. you know, when people have combined a few different things in their memory or, um, you know, misremembered something or like confused a dream with something that they actually encountered. um, Oh, yeah. That um, one of actually the most mad I've ever made people with a video I've made to this day. (laughs) Has the, like it's very early, very early on in my channel. I had a few videos about the Mandela effect and the the Sinbad genie movie Shazam, mm-hmm. and this was this was actually one of the most aggravating experiences because I remember it was I had just made a video about this the uh, about Shazam the alleged Sinbad genie movie mm-hmm. around the time that it started to go viral, and so I was like, no, like this is this is not a fucking thing like what's going on is like you're just remembering shit incorrectly sinbad used to like not only did sinbad used to just kind of dress like a genie mm-hmm. there is pictures of him from this promotional thing he did where he was dressed up that way right and then i get all these people sending me sh- like very obviously photoshopped bullshit <laughs> of it be like oh yeah this is real and how how do you explain this and someone sends me a fucking uh, there was one that was going around popularly that was a very badly photoshopped VHS tape with uh, Sinbad's head photoshopped onto a much more muscular body than he's ever had. <laughs> so it actually turned out to be the wrestler Chavo Guerrero Jr. Um, and then later that year, there's two April Fool's pranks that happen. Think Geek makes a fake VHS tape oh, God. that you can buy on April Fool's Day. And people are saying to me, oh, it looks like you were wrong. They found it. And uh, you could tell if they didn't even bother to click on it because when you clicked buy, it would literally tell you it was an April Fool's joke. Mm-hmm. And then College Humor made a um, they made a parody video of it where it, they basically they had Sinbad come in the studio and they shot the footage right. as if it was uh, as if it was found from back in the day. And you, you could even you could go on INDB and see that the little kids in the movies our current little kids and we're not alive in the 90s <laughs> right, yeah. when this would have happened 
Uh, but they were like, no, this has to be real with the with the the, the fakest VHS effect I've ever seen. <laughs> Clear, like clearly, clearly the people who thought that was real and sending it to me being like, ha, we got you. <laughs> um, they probably wouldn't have even been around to see the movie or they would have known what a real VHS tape looks like. Right. Yeah. Ugh. Like my phone was blowing up with anger oh over God. that one. Like never, never, like never before or since. I feel like the reason a lot of people got so mad about that one was just because they didn't want to admit that they confused two uh, black guys and just like oh, yeah. doubled down on it because they're like, no way, I would never do that. Um, yeah, it's it, it's funny because then it's like if you're wrong about that, not only are you just wrong, but you're also racist. So right, right, <laughs> yeah. So like, no, I cannot admit that I was that I was wrong. Um, Leading up to it too, there there were all kinds of threads too. Like there was a guy oh who had um, he couldn't he couldn't remember there there and there. So he, he he was like, I always get these wrong, and instead of just you know being like oh like my grammar is as bad as a lot of people's mm -hmm. he's like no the, we went in another dimension and the, the, <laughs> the there there and there changed i, and I love a whole that litany of other similar ones i and love it was that like, all him. these words changed it's like no like dude you just can't spell I feel like that is it's really interesting that like the mandela effect stuff has i mean i think it was sort of always a phenomenon but like it's become more of a thing i feel like in a world where you admitting that you are wrong publicly is like a very uh difficult thing to do oh yeah absolutely like that combined with we've also developed this expectation that you can find anything very quickly. Mm. So if you can't find it, then there's a, there's a fucking problem. Yeah. I, I mean, like I, I run into that sometimes where like, I, I kind of forget sometimes that when I'm like, you know, going to Google and I'm just like looking something up, I like expect there to be a Wikipedia page for like whatever I'm looking up. Mm -hmm. And then I, yeah. I sometimes like forget that, Oh, that was written by like a person or like maybe a bunch of people if it was a really popular page. But like, this could just be someone bullshitting. And like, it brings me back to like being in high school when teachers were like, Wikipedia is not a, like a, not a reliable source. And um, I think that's more, that was more true then than it is now, but it's still like, oh yeah, like this article about like some band or some guy or something that happened could have just been written by like one person and it's not important enough for anyone else to care to correct it. Yeah, there's a lot of like those are the kind of the ones you can kind of get away with fucking with these days. Right. It's it's so much like it's it's impossible. It's almost impossible to get a Wikipedia edit that's a bullshit edit mm -hmm. to last more than a couple minutes these days, which sucks. That used to be one of the most fun things. I mean, it <laughs> yeah. doesn't suck because it's good for information to be correct on sure. the internet, but it sucks in the sense that it used to be so much fun to fuck with mm -hmm. Wikipedia articles. Yeah, no, it was really great. I mean, I feel like even into like the late 2000s, you could do it pretty well um, because it just like there weren't enough people 
editing this stuff. They didn't have like the structures in place to deal with with vandalism. Um, but like as someone who is, you know, trying to trying to dig through a lot of like mistruths and stuff to find out what actually happened to someone or to some piece of media, like, do you run into that problem of people like intentionally creating fake information or like fake stories about stuff? Because I feel like that is like kind of a thing that happens online now. And I'm not talking even about like fake news or whatever. I'm just talking about like making up uh, like creepypastas or things like that, that sometimes people start to like think of as being true. The biggest thing like that that I encounter is with ARGs. A lot of times people, I, I, I'll, most of the time when this happens, I assume that the person sending it to me is the person who made the mm, ARG. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times I'll get these messages that are like, yo, you should check this out. This is really weird. And it'll be a YouTube channel with a bunch of creepy, spooky videos and messages that look coded. Or it'll be a Reddit board with a bunch of random numbers Mm -hmm. and ciphers or whatever the fuck. And it's like, oh, uh, this must be like a crazy cult or something. You should cover this on your channel. And I was like, (laughs) no, man, I know what a fucking ARG looks like. Get out of here. Yeah, yeah, we all love bees. Um. That's really interesting because I feel like, yeah, people are starting to realize that there is this appetite online for these kinds of mysteries. And so like they're creating like artificial ones. So you have to like be careful to know when something like looks too good to be true, right? Yeah. There's also this disconnect because there are people who actively seek these out. Right. Yeah. And are, are there are very specifically interested in ARGs. There's YouTube channels who do like specifically cover ARGs. Um, but there's a weird kind of gray area between the ARGs and the actual mysteries. Right. That that sometimes sometimes people unwittingly kind of fall in there and sometimes people are trying to trick you. Yeah. Yeah. That line is like. <laughs> really blurry sometimes too i feel like there's a, a thing with wikipedia too that happens sometimes where it won't be someone deliberately creating misinformation but what will happen is something's something i've noticed a lot with wikipedia when it does come up in my searches for things the article itself will be subtly incorrect mm. in w- or misleading in ways that if you click through to the uh the actual source that's cited It'll directly contradict what it actually says huh. on the what it says in the article. Like um, an example of that. Ah, uh, oh shit. At this point, it's been so long. I forget if I th- I believe it was the two girls, one cup article. Okay. That there is some there is something like that, that I almost put it in, in the video a certain way that I'm like, wait, this doesn't like really match up with the other stuff I read. And then I clicked through to the cited source. and I'm like, oh, like the article what the article says just does not say what the source says at all. Yeah. I, I don't like I, sometimes like people sometimes when it's articles like that, it might be a case of a person like Astro person involved in the story, astroturfing in a little mm, bit. Mm-hmm. Although I don't necessarily know if that was the case with that one. Cause I don't think <laughs> what the art, what the article said was anything incriminating to the person versus what the, uh, the cited source said. I think it was, um, Oh, I mean, I think a lot of times it's just carelessness. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, it's funny because, yeah, like, someone can just, you know, be careless on dashing off, like, a, a sentence on Wikipedia. And then that can just be there and just, like, get picked up. And, like, it's, um, mm-hmm. I think it's, like, really hard if you are just 
some some person online and you're trying to like find information and um trying to like tell what is like reliable and not um like because even non-reliable stuff looks like can look really convincing now oh yeah the um i remember particularly a few months ago i made a video about the paris hilton sex tape leak Mm -hmm. and that one in particular was very confusing just because there was there were so many random companies and individuals Mm -hmm. involved in it and so many different websites that it did become like not it did become kind of difficult to follow and check information from one website against another website that that I remember that one actually being something that on the on Wikipedia and that there's a few different Wikipedia articles that make reference to it. And I think that was a case at the time when I was looking at for it, even that the different Wikipedia articles that made reference to it contradicted each other. <laughs> but that's a case of, you know, you got like thousands of different people editing on there. So that happens. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's um, yeah. it's weird. The one that happens sometimes of just like because it pulls you back. And you're like, wait a second, like this is Wikipedia. I'm sp- I, this is like you know, true stuff that that's been researched and stuff. And then you sit back and you're like, oh wait, I mean, it, often it is, but it's also just like there are people involved and people sometimes get things wrong or people sometimes lie, you know? Yeah, I mean the trick even back in school though was like you always got to click to the source. So look through the source, yeah. It always seemed to please the teachers that were like, oh, Wikipedia is not a real source. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, well, how about these sources that I found on Wikipedia? <laughs> right. Yeah. You use it as a source for your sources. I don't know. Like a thing now I think about is like, like sometimes that that works, but then sometimes people will be sort of like, you know, off in their own kind of worlds online. And like they have their own sources that they're like, well, look at this. Like, look what this says. Like. Do you do you like think about that sometimes of just like how it can feel like, okay, yeah, I'm like on Twitter, I'm on YouTube, I'm like, you know, interacting with like tens of thousands of people. So like this, this is the internet, right? But like it's your internet, right? And like how much that has been shaped by like the companies that are running it and like the algorithms that are running it, and like how much stuff, you know, is out there that you aren't interacting with like at all. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's um you, you get a lot of different enclaves that kind of just come to they they kind of form their own knowledge in the groups they're in. Mm. And then when they kind of bleed out into the fucking world, it's 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 like it just becomes like a whole other fucking reality. It's it's. It, it's I, I, I don't how do I put this? Because I feel like it in a way it used to be more like that in the sense not necessarily a company shaping it right but when the internet was more fragmented then you have all these different different boards that have their fucking their idea of like what the right right what the right thing to think about any given topic is right yeah as opposed to now you do go on twitter and it's like it's or reddit or whatever the fucking you definitely see like what's the uh you'll you'll maybe get two different potential correct narratives for anything yeah well and it's weird too because like you know, when you're on a forum, if, you know, if you did something or like said something that like went against the group's norms, then maybe mm-hmm. they would, you know, either there'd be like a mod who like took action against you or people would just like downvote you or flame you or whatever. 
but like that was just like about the forum, right? Whereas like every forum though, every forum though always had that one guy <laughs> that no matter what the popular opinion on the forum was, uh-huh. he would always have the contrary opinion. That every single forum I ever watched for a period of time had that guy. <laughs> well, so you need that like, guy. If you were, yeah. If like if I can, I'm like very specific names from all of these forums <laughs> are fucking popping into my fucking head right now. <laughs> uh, I'm sure like you were pro- you if you've been on a lot of yeah. forums, you've probably had this have this the same thing. Like just like you may eat their faces, their fucking avatars, uh-huh. their their signatures. Yeah. What I, the fuck? Oh, my I remember God. people from Lou that definitely were like that. But like yeah. on forums, I feel like sometimes you need those guys because then because like their sort of job, if you want to think about it that way, is to like remind the rest of the group like what they stand for or whatever, right? So like you have this person who is just like, oh, I disagree with everything. And then you're like, well, oh, that's how we know that we're a community because we all disagree with you. Um, but then every once in a while you t- you get the moment too where that guy, everyone is like, oh, actually he's right about right, this. Right, yeah. Yeah. And then it becomes that, which inevitably of course leads to like some kind of like weird power struggle. Mm. Around, among the moderators and everything goes to shit. even when everything goes to shit on a forum it was still like just a forum and even if at the time yeah. you know it felt like the end of the world if if you were involved in it you could turn the computer off and like it didn't affect your day-to-day life i still think that's truer of the internet than a lot of people think i still think like a lot of people um you know should probably take that tweet about how is cyberbullying real just like turn the screen off and walk away yeah. thing. but like to power free right <laughs> But like, (laughs) at the same time, um, it's different now, right? Because like, if you, uh, you know, someone who isn't a part of like, whatever, like micro community that you're in online could happen to just like fish some something you post or do out of the sea of content, and just hold Mm -hmm. it up to everyone and be like, look at this, look how terrible and stupid this is. And then suddenly, you know, you're like the main character of Twitter for the day. Oh, yeah. Which is like very weird to me still. Like, I still think that is like a very strange thing um, that can happen. And like, I, you know, people just have these names now in their heads like, oh, yeah, like Bean Dad, you know, or like all these different yeah, characters. But like. You, they, the fact that you can just say Bean right. Dad and a bunch of people are like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, Bean, no, Dad, no, Bean, Bean Dad. Dad. Right, yeah. Bean Dad, of course, Bean Dad. But it's, it's weird, yeah. right? Because, like, you know, people are... Because Twitter is just one big website where, like, everyone is just... I mean, they're in their own little communities and worlds, but, like, there's nothing to stop someone from, like, grabbing someone else's comment and being like, everyone talk about this. It's kind of like watching... Sign- I've compared Twitter to Seinfeld, like, to this... this to the, back in the day, like, the fucking... How whatever the topic of Seinfeld was that fucking week... Uh-huh would be like the thing that like circulate that like circulates for the rest of the fucking week Mm -hmm. that happens with twitter now except the topic is real people 
and what real people fucking did. I mean, to some extent, though, like you still can log off. Oh, yeah, I know for sure. If it gets you can. But at the same time now, it's a little different because like Bean Dad can put his phone down, but he still has to come back now. Right, right. At some point. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when now that like we've gotten used to putting our real names to shit. It's like, oh, well, now you're you are who you are online. Like it. Like before, I mean, then there's some people who like still like, well, honestly, like a lot, like probably maybe the majority of people still do do social media anonymously to some regard, you know, until you're fucking doxxed. Right. Yeah. Um, But even then, you know, you still do have to. It it wasn't like it is now where you now you kind of need to be online to live. Yeah. Yeah, If you want to have a fucking job or anything like that, you do need to be there. Yeah um which you didn't used to have to so now it's it's, all, it's a little bit of a trap at the same time then it's like uh you gotta f- uh, find the balance for like what it is you are in life like yeah. I, I like personally like i don't necessarily feel the need to just like put everything i'm thinking out there all the fucking time some people do feel that urge um i honestly i feel like if i wasn't doing some kind of content creation I would probably keep social media like just for like my close friends and that might be it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's Although actually I don't know anymore. I'm like so addicted <laughs> no, to Twitter. Yeah. Like I, what am I Who am I fucking kidding? <laughs> who am I fucking kidding? I mean, that's the dream, right? But like it is so like yeah. I feel like it's it's so alluring the idea that like oh, you could you you too could become like an e-celeb. Um, you know, all yeah. it takes is just being funny or being hot or being whatever interesting and you too could have tens of thousands of followers who uh mean really nothing in the rest of your life and uh the validation is nice maybe but like it's not getting you paid it's not like keeping a roof over your head or like anything like that there's there's something a a funny phenomenon i've seen with tiktok because i I, i've been thinking about tiktok Mm. and how like how it like tiktok is like any of my friends that tell me now they want to get into any kind of content creation I'll tell them to do TikTok just because it is one of the it, it's pretty much the only site that has an algorithm that if you have one thing really pop off. Right. Like it will just be fed to millions yeah. like immediately. But there's a funny thing that happens in regards to that that I've noticed where. There'll be someone who goes viral with a TikTok for they like made a funny face in it or something like that. And then every TikTok they ever make, they have <laughs> they they just got to make the funny face yep. and that's that's their fucking life now they're the guy that makes the funny face say the line bart yeah exactly <laughs> like that's what like tiktok is that episode of the simpsons happening over and over again for a new person every few hours yeah yeah like that's i think a lot of people don't realize that and i i think about that too for even people who like got internet famous before tiktok like someone who i'm really fascinated by and like I really admire too in a lot of ways is uh James Rolfe the angry video game nerd and um mm-hmm. he's someone who you know his first love was movies and he always wanted to make movies and, and make horror movies but then yeah. the angry video game nerd popped off on YouTube in like 2006 and now he's still doing it because that's what people want and people love and expect from him and I always get the sense that like there's stuff he'd rather be doing but like no one's going to click on it. Um, and so he has to kind of keep keep churning the stuff out. And, you know, he's like still doing good work, but it's like it seems like a blessing and a curse. 
Oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it is. I mean, he does do his movie stuff now. Yeah, yeah, he's doing some years, of that, Although yeah. a lot of people, oh, that's lots of people like talking about how it's how he's his shit's not good anymore. So I guess that's how it goes sometimes. But uh, I mean, I, th- I I I think it's. I honestly probably these days probably might watch the movie stuff more than the gaming stuff. Yeah. But um, but I can definitely see like how. I, I mean, what it is, I think when you make content, you never necessarily know what is going to be the thing that people really connect with. And then it becomes a fight like, do I want to keep doing the thing or can I do it contempor- like contemporaneously with the other stuff that I want to do? Right. Like, I mean, me personally, I've I've always I've been in bands my whole yeah. life. I spent a good I, I spent a significant portion of my life on tour. I'm doing like small mid-level tours, maybe like 10 years ago. In fact, like the entire lifestyle that I've made for myself was kind of knowing that I was on tour so much. I wanted to find ways that I could still have an income and not be home, not be at a job a certain period of time. So I would always look for different kind of like telecommuting type things I could do. YouTube, I I didn't expect for it to to uh, blow up the way that it did. I never like dreamed about being a YouTuber or anything like that. But once it did, it kind of, I mean, for me personally, it slots perfectly into still being able to tour and stuff. Like I'm going on a tour in October and I have plans and to be for, for me to be able to make videos while I'm away. So it's fine. Yeah. But I, I guess like some, like if, like if James Rolfe, like though, like if he wanted to like make a fucking movie, like that's like something where it's like, you can't, it's hard to like make a movie and make a, make YouTube videos at the same time. Yeah. So yeah. Like, there's like certain things that me- certain things you might want to do that, that mesh well and certain things that don't. Totally. Do you ever yeah. feel like, or have you ever thought like, okay, well like maybe I can start to like, you know, shift gears from, uh, from the stuff that is really drawing people to my channel towards more of the music stuff or, or like, was that, was there ever a point where you were like trying to find a way to do that or, are you basically happy with with how things have shook out? I I recognize that like these are like very different audiences mm-hmm. from like the music stuff and the YouTube stuff, but also I like doing the the uh, I like to talk about internet bullshit because it's kind of just what I know. Mm-hmm. Like even if I wasn't doing the YouTube stuff, I would be talking about that with people. So I had that, and then there's like all like the main thing when with the channel, I guess, is branching out into other types of topics that interest me. Right. Like I recently started to do a horror movie series. Actually, that's what I'm editing right now. I'm like, uh, not the Ricky. I'm writing a Ricky O video, which is more of an action movie than a horror movie, but it's so fucking violent mm-hmm. that it kind of you, you can kind of call it either way. But I start, yeah, I start to do a horror movie series. Um, I want to start doing more topics that are uh they lend themselves to the same type of same type of storytelling right. as the internet stories, but aren't necessarily internet stories. Like, um, I was thinking about doing a video about the California raisins <laughs> that were just like, it's uh, first of like, they're just weird as fucking shit. So weird. Yeah. And, and they're like such a, like a symbol of this time period where everything had to be a fucking mascot mm-hmm. and people loved it. Yeah. But that would just be a fun thing to do a deep dive on. And I feel like even though it's not a story from the Internet, it's something that goes into the category of the kind of stuff people expect from my channel and enjoy watching. Yeah. Like it seems like there's like some natural 
overlap with all that stuff. God, the California reasons yeah. where we are trying to explain that to someone who wasn't alive for it would be like, Oh my, yeah. Like I, I imagine like if anyone listens to this and doesn't know it and they just Google it, they're going to see this image of the California reasons mm-hmm. and just be like, why, why, why is this a, a, why does this exist? And B, why was this extremely popular? Maybe we'll, we'll wrap up there. Um, do you want to okay, tell people cool. like where they can find your music? And I, I assume most like a lot of people listening already subscribe to your YouTube channel, but in case they don't, I guess. Yeah, um, I'm Wang on YouTube, W-H-A-N-G. Uh, series is Tales from the Internet. Then I got Gaming Mysteries and, uh, you know, random movie stuff. And my band is called Jinx, J-Y-N-X. We're a new metal band. We admit to being new metal. Um, <laughs> it's very brave. <laughs> yeah, very. We're the bravest troops in the fucking <laughs> world for admitting to being new metal. Where you can find, you just search the band Jinx and we'll pop up. Cool. And you said you're going on tour in October. Yes, we're going out with Attila and Dead Crown. Cool. Great. Um, yeah. Well, people should check that out. And uh, thank you again for coming on. It was great talking to you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. The K-Hole is a fanbyte.com production, hosted by Merritt K and produced by Jordan Mallory. Follow Merritt on Twitter, at Merritt K. Follow Jordan on Twitter, at Jordan underscore Mallory. For more information about the alternate universe you've woken up in today, visit fanbyte.com slash podcasts or go to podcastnet.org.